Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome back to another week of Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you in part by Iowa Right to Life, the largest pro-life organization in Iowa who work to protect life from fertilization to natural death. Go check out their website at iowartl.org. That's iowartl.org. Hey, this is uh, Shane Vanderhart, and it's good to have you with us again for another week of Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Got Ron uh, Carlson here making the magic happen at the Howdy. boards. And Ron, have you been to State Fair yet? Nope. Me neither. I think I asked you that. <laughs> I asked you yeah, last we talked week about we were, it last week. We were yeah. going, and I have not been either. And I know the butter cow misses me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that picture that's going kind of going viral? And this is the unfortunate thing with radio. I can't show you the picture. But Indeed. About the, with the young boy and his, his heifer. No, I have not yeah, seen this, that. This kid, I can't, I, I can't remember where he was from in Iowa, but he uh, um, they, apparently they're borrowing this dairy cow for the summer so he can, mm-hmm. he can compete um, at the county fair and the state fair. And they were getting up like at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning to get this thing ready, this, oh my this cow ready. And he was taking a nap. <laughs> laying on the heifer really? and the heifer was kind of wrapping its head around him and it's oh, like neat. everyone's like going ah, uh, crazy yes. about this picture and yeah. it was shared on fox news and you know C- governor kim reynolds you know tweeted out and mm-hmm. it's like uh i mean it was, it was really cool yeah i didn't realize i mean it was like they were like snuggling mm-hmm. and i didn't realize cows got that snuggly but I, I, I've, Evidently. Never, I've never been tempted to cuddle with a cow before, <laughs> um, but it was, you know, after everything that's been going on this week, that was sure. kind of like, oh yeah, I'm going to share this. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, a good thing. Especially. So yes. Yeah, so, and the weather's great. And my daughter's back off to college, her last year at Hannibal LaGrange University. Okay. So she's already down there or yeah, down there now okay. she started, she, she went down early because she's part of the, uh, I can't remember what they call it, uh, basically the. The move-in team. Okay. Uh, we, we that exper- helps the new people come. Yeah, yeah. We, out we experienced yeah. that last year because uh, she was a transfer student, and it was it was awesome because she was up on the uh, thir- third floor, mm-hmm. and obviously no elevators. And you know, I'm I'm kind of well fat and old <laughs> and out of breath, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to carry all. And these kids swarmed on her van, and like. I hardly had to carry anything up, yeah, Ron. It was that's awesome. a really neat deal. So, yeah, so they went down, and she's doing that. It's The weird feeling is that, and I don't know what she's doing, going to be doing next summer, mm-hmm. but that may have been the last summer we had with her. Oh, yeah. So it's like, oh, no. Yeah. I'm getting an yeah. empty nester feeling. <laughs> you know, got one daughter left, and but she's a senior in high school now. Sure. So, it won't be long um, for that. I know. I know. Yeah. And she'll, she'll be going to uh, community college to get her general education out of the way. Mm-hmm. And if everything goes to plan, she'll be going to Allen College. So then she'll be oh, wow. out. And it'll be just Cheryl and I and the dogs. Indeed. So. Um, and and any thinking, big spiders that might be around. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. That was another thing. Kel, Kel, Kelby says she's now adulting because she had to kill a spider on her own. Well, there you go. And she's like, she was thinking about calling me, and she remembered I was 300 miles away. Sure. So it's like, yeah, I'm not coming down the handle to kill a spider. So you better learn to handle that. Um, hey, anyway, we have special guests in studio with us, which is a delight because even though we talk to people almost every week, we rarely get them in studio. 
Uh, but we have a couple gentlemen from the Trailhead International Builders. We got Mark Carter, who's the executive director, and uh, Daniel Pettit, who's the co-founder with your wife, That's right, of Trailhead uh, Builders International. Welcome to Caffeine Thoughts Radio. Hey, thank you thank very you. much. So, uh, just quick question: What do you guys do? Well, you know, Trailhead International is a pretty new nonprofit. It started about a year and a half ago with just a, a group of people that, number one, love the Lord, uh, number two, care about uh, sharing the message of Christ around the world. And so it, it's kind of a crazy thing that just kind of came together with business people, with some companies, with some Christians. Mm-hmm. And our goal is just to reach out into these developing nations where it's very difficult uh, financially for them to build their own facilities. And that's our charge to go help them. Okay. So you build churches and, and other facilities around the world. Well, sure. You know, Trailhead International really has two main thrusts. Uh, the first thrust and our primary thrust is international, and we call this our God thing. Okay. And basically, the main uh, emphasis there is, is going into these developing nations, and our high is to find church families of like 50, 100, even sometimes 200, whether they're meeting in a borrowed garage or meeting literally like in Kenya under a tree. And then we raise the initial funding from companies and individuals and churches to go then and help them purchase their very first piece of property okay. and build their initial phase one building. All right. So, Daniel, where, how, how did you – it's like, you know, I want to I help fund and build church buildings around the world. What how, you know? What caused you to want to start this ministry? Sure. I mean, what what did you do before, and and yeah. well, how did you get the ball rolling with this? My wife and I, when we years ago, um, we we're even dating. Um, we always would joke if we, we had any success and we, that we would want to do something, whether it be you know helping people with orphanages, uh, you know, churches, anything along that line. And you know, Mark and I were becoming more you know friends and and uh, looking at opportunities. And just just talking, and it, it seemed like we had a lot of the same vision of what Rachel and I uh, were looking to do. One thing left, uh, you know, led to another. Um, you know, my wife and I have been very blessed in a lot of different business ventures, and so we decided to kind of pull the trigger. Um, and we we underwrite and and sponsor all the overhead expenses for the organization to help it get going. Okay. And so we felt that a lot of charities, so much of it goes not towards the actual need. That if we could cover. Uh, the overhead expenses, it was a attractive thing for people to get involved with as well. Right, so any donations made then will go directly to the ministry, you know, ministry projects. Yep. Okay. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's kind of a, an amazing thing that God has done. And, and again, first of all, we give credit to God for that. But secondly, humanly speaking, uh, you know, the Pettits, are, are, they just love the Lord and, and they're generous with their finances. So they cover every penny of any operational, administrative, or salary. Anything like that is fully funded. So when a company or a person uh, or a church gives, you know, a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand, every cent of that donation goes to the project that is designated for. We don't keep a, a dime, we literally don't keep a penny. Okay, so how, how many projects have you got going on right now? Where was your first one? Well, our first project was in Guatemala, and actually, it was really neat. Uh, we got to visit it here this past June, uh, but we've done things all over the world at this stage, but it all really started, you know, Rachel and I used to say if we did one project last year, our first year, is a real big success, but we ended up doing... About 14. 14. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So, 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 obviously, Mark's done a really good job so far for us, so, yeah. Great. So... Uh, as executive director, Mark, what, what's your primary responsibility? I mean, what other than coming on shows like this to talk sure. about the ministry? Sure. You know, uh, 
I was a pastor, a lead pastor for the last 17 years. So this is kind of a, it's a new role, but it's also kind of a similar role that I did before because I always had a strong heart for missions. Uh, but being an executive director, and again, being very new, we're only 14 months old, and we're trying to be very careful and, and just honestly trying to be very careful about staffing because we want to stay an outfit that is 100% of contribution going to the project. So we're, right. you know, I do a lot of things, right? So right now I wear a lot of hats, but I, I'm having a blast. I mean, I've had to learn marketing. I've had to learn sales. I've had to learn customer care. I've had to learn donation management. And, but the good thing is, Things have, you don't normally do as a pastor. Uh, no, well, I mean, maybe well, some marketing a little bit, yeah, but not, not formal. Yeah, there's some yeah. overlap, but this is a little more. But let me say this. It's a strong team. We, we have a board of 12 outstanding leaders here in Central Iowa that we're accountable to. And that also, it, it isn't just a formality board. I mean, this board is an active board. They're strong leaders. They're good minds. And so we just work as a team. And when I come across things where we need to pull together, they do. And, and, and again, we give God the praise. And then also these people just love the Lord. And so I do a lot of things right now. We, we, we're looking to grow maybe in the next couple of years and branch out to a Kansas City or a Chicago or a Minneapolis. Uh, but right now, just uh, my main thing is interfacing and being that board of representative to CEOs of companies or strong Christians or, or people who really get what we're doing, trying to spread the gospel. Gospel and and going after them and get them involved and that's what we do. Well, and you're going to have a banquet coming up October 14th. And you guys got, I mean, I, I, I'm impressed. How did you land President George W. Bush? Well, that's that's a good question. So God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of a lot of God. And um, we had a board meeting on a Wednesday um, evening. And we had some names thrown around and got some people very interested. We had a nice uh, event last year where Chad Hennings uh, came and spoke. And, and, you know, I left that night, and I was talking to my wife on the way home, and I said, you know, my family knows enough within politics. And, you know, way back uh, when, when George Bush was running for president, um, you know, I got involved right away, uh, helped some things. Just, you know, I said I think I at least would get a response if I sent uh, an email inquiring if he'd have any interest in, uh, you know, being at this event. Lo and behold, um, funny story is the next day we got a few calls from a, a blocked phone number, and I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Well, finally they left a message towards the end of the day, and, and, yeah. and they were very interested. Oh, in so you're like me, you don't answer <laughs> no, calls you don't recognize? Not. Yeah. And then I got the call, and I was like, whoa, I better call them right back, and got right through, and, and we had a nice you know, discussion, and uh, one thing led to another. And that's how uh, President Bush is ending up uh, coming here. Excellent, excellent. So, We're big thinkers. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Good deal. Hey, you're listening to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And here in studio, I've got uh, a couple gentlemen from Trailhead Builders International. Uh, so any idea what President George W. Bush is going to you know, talk about? I mean, has you, have you hashed that out? or yeah, Is that have, a surprise? No, it's, it's not a surprise. So this is what's really neat. Um, for one, there, some individuals, depending on ticket prices, actually get to uh, interact. There's a reception ahead of time, mm-hmm. uh, picture uh, with the president. And it's actually going to be an open mic forum where uh, I'm going to, similar to this interview, uh, sit down. And th- there's some you know, suggested questions, but also questions that uh, uh, audience participants can uh, submit as well. And it'll be a, a dialogue uh, between himself uh, and me uh, that evening. 
good deal and and then he'll hopefully say hey uh break you know break open your checkbook <laughs> um yeah give to the ministry right that's so, right that's right uh awesome so where can people you know learn more or how can they how can they register for you know this event and give us some details as far as i already mentioned october 14th um but it's happening where and what time sure uh, well, again, this is our fall fundraiser. It'll be at Hy-Vee Hall downtown at the Iowa Event Center, and they can go to trailheadinternational.org, trailheadinternational.org, and that's our homepage. And then there's a link to Eventbrite, which is the platform that they're selling tickets on. And like Daniel said, there's there's all kinds of levels uh, for corporate sponsorships or for people. And obviously, the higher levels get uh, you know more, more of the perks and the things like the photograph with the right. president, some really cool things. But we're really thrilled also uh, to have very affordable tables that are a thousand a table for ten seats, or even seats for a hundred dollars a person. So it's very accessible. Where you know I'm 52 years old and have never even seen a president in real life and what a rare opportunity to be able to offer an event like this and actually get a chance to have dinner and and an evening with people like that we live in iowa you could practically trip over them (laughs) i (laughs) uh, you know i've been a pastor and i'm not you know that i i never tried to allow politics to be a part of what we did i that's true fair enough fair enough so um yeah so that's great and how can how can people get you know other than just fundraising are are there any other ways for people to get involved with your ministry oh sure you know uh, again if anyone's out there and and they own a company you know a thing right now the companies is social responsibility Mm -hmm. and from toms and these different companies that it's almost a built-in thing now where if you're not giving back to humanity in some way then you're not really getting it and i know there are a lot of christian owned businesses or christian environment businesses who want to be socially responsible but they have limited options when it comes to hey can our money to go to something that's of faith Mm -hmm. and the cool thing about trailhead international not only do we build the church facilities, but then we back that up and develop community outreach things in that facility. We do sports centers. We have seven sports centers already going on around the world. Matter of fact, it's so amazing. We were in Cuba two months ago and now have three sports centers around the Havana area that are – and these aren't just like – you know, kids going out and playing sports. It's all about connecting them to the local church. So you guys are are able to get in there because of the restrictions being lifted off of Cuba. So it's like, wow, that's that's awesome. Who are you partnering with down in Cuba sure. to do that? Sure. In Cuba, honestly, we had to, especially financially, we partnered through an amazing organization in Costa Rica called Avance Sport Costa Rica. And so we connect with those guys. And literally, they flew over there. We met them. We all did it together. They were our translators and also connecting us with the Cuban national pastors and it just again it was a god thing now this thing's going and we just did that two months ago and all three of those sports centers are already up and running probably 20 to 50 kids wow what's the church what's uh, the evangelical church like in cuba or or was it with uh you know catholic church sure that's a great question because this was kind of an unknown to me cuba's obviously kind of a little shrouded in, in american understanding right. when i got there surprisingly uh, there's a Southern Baptist uh, seminary that was there before the revolution. Really? And I, 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 I'm as shocked as you were. Yeah. They, the Castro uh, regime allowed it to be in existence all through since 59, all the way till now. Wow. So, so they've had this little, um, 
I don't know the right word, but kind of like uh, this contingency there that they still allowed them to train some pastors. So now that things are beginning to change, matter of fact, when I was there, they said that uh, Raul Castro is going to retire and they're going to have their first elections in the history of the country. Well, I should say history, but since the revolution uh, next November. And it's going to be open elect now. Whether that happens or not, we'll see. But yeah. the people are very excited. So things are changing very quickly. And, 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 and again, I'm not a political guy, but I hope, and I know there's a lot of things on both sides of that, but I hope we can still gain access to Cuba. It's amaz- they're amazing people, and they're hungry for, for things of God, and, and they're good people. Great. So, and where can people learn more about your ministry? Sure. Where can they go? Sure. You know, our website is trailheadinternational.org. Trailheadinternational.org. Again, you can get the George W. Bush tickets there as well. But the, every, our whole story is on that website, as well as Facebook at Trailhead International. Twitter, you know, if you do the Trailhead International, whether at Twitter or whatever it may be, everything will come up there. Sounds good. So, hey, if you missed any of this interview, be sure to check out caffeinatedthoughts.com. We'll have the podcast. We've got the podcast of all the shows. I mean, every single show. You don't have to miss a single one. Hey, this is Shane Vanderhart with Caffeine Thoughts Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Brian Myers of Myers & Associates. If you're involved in maintenance at a manufacturing plant, you know how costly it can be when a machine goes down. And if the reason that machine went down is because the electronic controls on it failed, it can really be problematic if those electronics are obsolete. Well, not to worry. We represent Providence Industrial Electronics Repair, and they can get your machine up and running in no time. They repair boards, drives, servo motors, light curtains, you name it. So if you need industrial electronics repaired at your plant, or if you have other industrial maintenance needs, give me a call at 515 490-2640. That's Myers & Associates, 515-490-2640. Myers & Associates, keeping your operations running. Welcome back to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is only possible through the generosity of our sponsors. Be sure to check out Travis Riswold, a modern woodman of America. Call Travis at 515-883-0029, and he can help you find the life insurance you need, as well as Crosswalk Ministries with Scott Owen, who offers biblical counseling and conciliation. Contact him at 515-635-5465 or Crosswalk Counseling. Dot org. Uh, we've had a pretty big week that has totally taken the emphasis off of North Korea. Nobody's talking about North Korea this week. That's for sure. Uh, we're going to talk about North Korea next segment uh, when we're we have uh, U.S. Senator Joni Ernst on the phone. Um, but Charlottesville over the weekend there was. Uh, I think you have to be living under rock not to know what happened this you know over the weekend. But uh, there was a unite the right rally which is a misnomer because i don't think there's anything conservative about the alt-right um they're definitely not mainstream uh, matter of fact a lot of them hold very liberal views mm-hmm. uh there's there's a, 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 a speech that's being circulated around that was uh, uh 
uh, presented by uh, Richard Spencer, where he was basically promoting abortion. And Richard Spencer is one of the top dogs of the alt-right movement. Uh, anyway, in Charlottesville, you have this. They they were supposedly protesting uh, Charlottesville, removing uh, a a statue of uh, Gen- uh, Confederate General Robert E. Lee from their uh, their their town square, their city park, their Lee Park. Um, so they have this plan, and of course, then there were counter protesters and a big brouhaha, and and uh, uh, one of the um, group from the alt right drove his vehicle into counter protesters, killing one lady, injuring several others. There was a helicopter crash, which I'm sure Ooh, wow. was just totally coincidental, but they were there because of the Charlottesville rally and sure. two uh, uh, m- uh, men from the uh, troopers from the Virginia State Police. Uh, died um and and you know it, it, this has been a huge mess okay to put it lightly <laughs> to put it lightly cuz um for one thing you know this wasn't about the, their rally was not about uh taking down a, a you know the taking down a confederate um statue it was about showing hey you know they they mm-hmm. they were they were uh, uh, chanting in the streets the, the uh, Nazi um, chant, in, obviously in English, though, blood and soil, blood and soil. Um, mm-hmm. They were there to, to express their disdain for, for anybody that's not white, basically. Um, and then on the other side, you had uh, counter-protesters, uh, many of whom, I'm not sure every single one that were there, but many of whom were, are connected to the Antifa the anti-fascist mm-hmm. movement that has, um, well, they're not exactly helpful, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. I mean, you know, uh, we were talking before we we start, you know, started uh, the segment that the best thing to probably do to address white supremacy and and groups like the KKK and and neo Nazis when they're just protesting. Um, obviously, if they're abusing civil rights, you can't ignore that. But the best thing to do for them is to just not pay them any attention at all, because for one thing, they they are they are such a radically small group, and they have way more attention. We're giving them way more attention than than they deserve. I know it's they've become a lot since Trump was elected, and a lot of the alt right, um, back if not all the alt right back Trump because of the America First policies. Um, that still doesn't mean that it's this is a growing movement, right? Um, because there are a lot of people who maybe support America First policies because of trade and the economy, um, and the fact too that Donald Trump was running against Hillary Clinton. I think that's the primary reason why he won. I, I if he were running against somebody else, mm-hmm. um, it may have been a different story. Yeah, maybe I don't know. We, we we'll never know. Yeah, um, but. Anyway, his his uh, his statement on Saturday was was uh, uh, wanting. <laughs> uh, he pointed the violence on both sides, and and yes, there was violence on both sides. Um, but he he needed to, and and the reason why I think this is important, he needed to specifically point out and 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 renounce white supremacy, KKK, neo Nazis, and here's why. Um, and, and this is why I think it's important for for you know, uh, for instance, the Southern Baptist Convention 
did a a, uh, uh, a resolution over the summer condemning the alt right because these are people that whether we like it or not are associated with our side. Um, therefore, it carries more. The left can scream, yell, and scream about these people until they're blue in the face, and it's not going to be as powerful as as President Trump, as as people who, you know, maybe in their past um, had some affiliation with these groups and conservatives making clear that, you know, the, these folks are not mainstream. They are not part of our group. We need to alienate them. Um, so not not saying we need to apologize for them. That's not what I'm saying at all because, I you know, I, I'm not one that believes that you need to apologize for something you haven't done. Um, so... I think we got way too much of that going around, and, and I think it's getting to the point where it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I'm going to apologize for slavery, even though, let's see, <laughs> no one in my family was even born yeah. when it existed. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, there, there's that. Um, and then there's the whole thing with the with the conser- uh, Confederate monuments, and I made the mistake of, you know, I... Part of me, and this is because I'm concerned, I just don't like the idea of, of, it seemed to me, of kind of rewriting history or erasing it. Um, and, and I've had some back and forth with some people. And then I read a great article uh, by, pull it up here, National Review, by Kevin Williamson. Um, and, he, and basically he wrote, let it be. And he uh, said in my mouse is not cooperating with me um he said southerners and some conservative sentimentalists tell themselves two convenient lies about the civil war one is that it was a confederate cause was an honorable one and the other one is that the war wasn't really about slavery neither of those stand up at, to much scrutiny and the former is mostly false in no small part because the latter is almost entirely false he said certainly there was honorable there were honorable men fighting on both sides uh, I think Robert E. Lee was one of them, um, mm-hmm. but you know, not not everybody. But basically, he was his point too is saying, and and I read this in another piece on on public discourse. We as when we're arguing for these Confederate statues, and I I think there's more to the there, there's certainly some political um, things going on behind the protesting over these statues. Uh, for instance, the left start trying to shame Southerners because the South is obviously not friendly territory for them. They're trying to marginalize them. Um, however, as it, you know, with with our African and American, you know, our, our black brother brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to. We I think we need to bear in mind. We need to try to understand their perspective that this represent these statues represent oppression. These represent. What what they underwent through slavery, uh, and and going rushing and trying to protect these statues, um, in their minds means you know that that we're not we're not empathizing with them, and and I, I think there's some legitimacy to that concern, and also to um, a couple things I, I wrote an article too called "Erasing the Confederacy," and where I I'm trying to find some middle ground. I think there's a, appropriate places where. Um, we can we can have these kinds of memorials, uh, sem- obviously Confederate cemeteries, uh, ob- battle battlefields. Um, do we need to have them on every single public square? 
And the reason I say that is because a second thing I think we need to realize, too, is that a lot of these statues were put up post-Reconstruction. Now, if you don't remember your history, Reconstruction was basically the time right after the Civil War um, that uh, Andrew Johnson oversaw and then uh, Ulysses S. Grant oversaw the re- until it, it failed, basically. was fe- Basically, you had federal troops stationed in, in uh, uh, the South. And at, during that period of time, we actually had, I think, 22, 23 black members of Congress um, because they were there protecting the right of black people to vote. Um, the federal troops left, Reconstruction failed, and suddenly the whites took back over. And then you saw these 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 statues being erected, um, and that that's I think that's symbolic, and I think we need to consider that. It's like that statue was literally set up to tell you know black people in the state and in that community, hey, we're back in charge. Um, so I, I I think that's something we need to be you know we need to remember, and also I think too, not every. Uh, not every not everybody is worthy of having a statue. For instance, uh, Nathan um, Bedford, I, I think I got his name right. Well, anyway, the Confederate general who started the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yeah. Nobody should be defending a memorial to him. He, that guy was he's evil, yeah. absolutely evil. Uh, not you know, but it's amazing. Now, right now, there are people in Memphis trying to desecrate his grave. Um, I, I don't think that's right. And, and Tennessee, too, also has a Heritage uh, Protection Act, too. So if, if if people want to remove Confederate statues and Confederate memorials, not every statue is probably protected under that act, but the Confederate memorials that are, you know, do it the right way and go change the law and then do it in a process where, you know, petition your city council, whatnot. I don't mind that as much if they're doing it through the dem- the appropriate democratic process than a mob coming and just tearing down a statue without permission. Um, that's vandalism. That's wrong. We shouldn't support that. Uh, so anyway, I, I but Williamson's point to conservatives and and it's a, something I'm after this show. I'll be I'll I'll be promoting or and I'll be I'll be taking the heart is. Just leave it alone. Leave it, let it be. Don't participate in, 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 in the mob, but we don't necessarily need to, to work to protect the, these Confederate statues, many of which really don't need to, really don't need to be present. Um, one last thing I wanted to mention, too. We've got a... I was like, I'm hearing something in my... Okay, that was my computer. <laughs> WHO TV runs uh, prop, basically propaganda from the Southern Poverty Law Center. As af- after Charlottesville, you know, you have suddenly they're becoming more prominent because they have this hate map that basically CNN was the first one that took it, repurposed it, and made it into an article. Here, here are all the active hate groups where you live. Um, the problem with there are some legitimate groups that deserve to be on this list. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, um, they're, they list you know Ku, Ku Klux Klan. They they list numerous white supremacy groups and and neo Nazis and and uh, you know I, I I agree that these are hate groups. Um, but the problem is they also list groups like uh, Family Research Center, Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, Pacific Justice Institute, uh, uh, Act for America. 
um, which Act for America is a national security pack that they're they basically are promoting uh, uh, fighting radical Islamic terrorism and making sure we have national security policy that protects the United States. I don't think that's hate. I think that's just common sense. Um, and certainly, just because you stand for for marriage and 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 you believe that Christians shouldn't be forced to participate in you know uh, marriage activities through their businesses. That's not hate either. And so this, this list is a joke, and, and these news organizations are are just, you know, printing this, this basically uh, Southern Poverty Law Center talking points. One interesting note is CBS2 and Cedar Rapids uh, reported that Amana, that was listed as a, a community that hosts one of these hate groups, they're saying, uh, what what are you talking about? The county sheriff near the, uh, I can't remember what county they're in, where the Amana colonies are located, he's not aware of any active hate group in, in uh, his county, but somehow the Southern Poverty Law Center knows about it. Hmm. Maybe they don't know what they're talking about. Just a thought. Hey, this is Caffeine Thoughts Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Brian Myers. When I needed a better life insurance plan, I found it with Travis Rizvold of Modern Woodman of America. When I first met Travis, he wasn't like some other life insurance agents that can be pushy and try to get you to buy something. Travis just made himself available to me. That was it. He told me to let him know if and when I needed anything, and he stayed in touch. When the day came and I did need to make some changes with my life insurance, Travis met with me and walked me through several options so I could make an informed decision. Ultimately, it was the best decision for my situation. So if you need a better or the best life insurance plan for you, call my friend Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. His number is 515-883-0029. Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. He can help you find the life insurance you need. Call him at 515-883-0029. Every human being has God-given dignity. That's what we believe at American Principles Project. We work in all 50 states and in Washington, D.C. to promote life, religious freedom, local control over education, economic progress for working Americans, and a return to the constitutional principles that make America great. Want to help us out? Visit our website today and sign up for email updates, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. That's AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome back to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is sponsored in part by American Principles Project, a conservative political think tank in Washington, D.C., American Principles Project believes that human dignity should be at the heart of public policy. They work in all 50 states and in Washington, D.C. to promote life, religious freedom, local control over education, authentic economic progress for working Americans, and a return to constitutional principles such as federalism. Want to help American Principles Project? Visit their website today, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. That's American Principles, P-L-E-S, project.org sign up for their email updates send a small donation in their way help them out they're a great group and 
the disclosure that I usually add is that I, I, I work with them since 2010, so I can vouch for them that they're a good group. Um, on the line, we have a very special guest. Uh, U.S. Senator Joni Ernst is joining us. Thank you uh, for joining Captain Eight Thoughts Radio. Joni, welcome. Always my pleasure, Shane. Thank you. Very welcome. So uh, something that a topic that I mentioned last segment that kind of uh, everybody went silent about because of all the other events that occurred over the weekend, which I don't want to bring up with you because I'm sure you're mm-hmm. kind of tired of talking about it. <laughs> Nobody's talking about North Korea this week. Sure. Uh, but sure. obviously, it's still a concern. They haven't gone away. And I, I'm just wondering, first of all, what is your sense as far as, uh, is the Trump administration handling the North Korea situation well? And what what could we be doing better? And what are we doing well? Well, I do think that they are handling this um, correctly. And it is involving the, the entire United States front um, is involving our State Department, our um, Department of Defense, the administration, and they're all engaged in talks with not only um, China, of course, we have a a great ambassador there, um, but also with many of the other nations that might have influence on North Korea and North Korea's actions. I think the tough talk that we have seen coming not only from the president, but also from Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis, has been very important because it does project strength to North Korea and uh, the leader Kim Jong-un. So I think showing that strength um, leaves no uncertainty in North Korea's mind that if they should use a nuclear missile to strike any part of the United States, Mm -hmm. any one of our sovereign territories, that we are going to have a swift retaliatory action, no uncertain terms. So I think we are handling this appropriately. Okay. Uh, so I, I was just questioning, you know, basically I, I had a guest on last week and we were talking about the, the potential of, of a North Korea launching a conventional warfare towards South Korea. Do you think we're, do you think the United States is adequately prepared to handle a, a conventional war like that or a, a uh, uh, there, go ahead. I was going to say, Shane, that there is always concern out there because of, Maybe I'll put it the lack of attention that has been paid to our military, right. our forces and equipment over the last um, eight years or so has been very detrimental to our strength. Uh, but I have no doubt that we still have the strongest, most forceful armed services of any country around the globe. I do think that should anything happen, that we will be prepared, however, not as strong as maybe we could have been. That has been the Trump administration's push, of course, this year is to redevelop our forces and make sure they are strong and that they are adequately prepared and armed should, whether it is a nuclear threat or whether it is conventional warfare. If should anything happen on the Korean Peninsula, it will be very, very devastating with a lot of loss of life. Right. Shifting gears, you're, you've been back in Iowa following um, the Senate's failure to be able to to pass any type of repeal or replace bill for Obamacare. Right. Um, I, I, I was president one of, president at one of your last town halls that you did at Drake University, mm-hmm. that which mm-hmm. was um, mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, what what have you been hearing from people since you've been back in Iowa this month? 
Well, I, I think we see that uh, there are great failures in Obamacare. And what I continue to hear from Iowans is that they can't afford the premiums any longer. And just to, to demonstrate this, um, I met with a group the other day, and, and one of the ladies came up and said, Joni, uh, my daughter and her husband just received their insurance renewal premiums in the mail. And the premium for their policy, and it's an individual policy purchased on the insurance exchange, will be $34,000 for a family of four. Oh, gosh. And she said they cannot afford it. They have to drop their, their policy. And I said to add insult to injury to that family of four, um, because they can't afford to purchase insurance, now, the federal government is going to come back and fine them through the IRS right. because they were too poor to purchase it. It is outlandish. These rate hikes are incredible. Um, over the past three years, we have seen insurance uh, costs increase 110% just in Iowa. Right. There are many other states that have seen more significant increases. So what is the answer to that? The answer to that is to go in. One, we thought it was repeal. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Um, I voted three times to repeal and repeal and replace mm-hmm. Obamacare. We weren't able to get it done. I, now we'll have by to the way, I have to. Address those. I want to. Yep. I want to thank you that you you know stayed true <laughs> to your promise and you voted even with the Republican president in office. Yes. And when no, unfortunately three three or four uh, Republican senators changed right. their mind on that. So thank you for that. Right. No, um, I made that promise to Iowans. But unfortunately, because of the situation we're in, we cannot stop. Um, We have to find a way forward. Obamacare continues to fail. Um, We will see Iowans just as a family of four. They had to drop their insurance because they can't afford it. And when I I talk about the premiums, I want people to keep in mind that that was just $34,000 for premiums. Right. That does not include co-pays. Um, the deductibles, any out-of-pocket costs that might be incurred. Right. And so it, it's a crisis. Yeah. Well, I just I was just thinking your average, you know, household income in Iowa is like fifty thousand. Um, right. So- I I reflect on my own home community in Montgomery County, when where many of the families that I personally know don't make thirty four thousand dollars a right. year. Right. Right. So there, it is a challenge, and we understand that, which is why I'm committed to finding a pathway forward. Um, we will do that when we return to Washington, D.C. in September. What do you think is the most likely pathway? Well, I think what we will do is take a look at the individual insurance market first, and we will do that through the Health, Education, Labor, and Pension Committee. I don't sit on that committee, but Lamar Alexander, the chairman, has approached me, asked for my input as they move through any potential piece of legislation because I have been making the case that, you know, this is Iowa. This is what we're experiencing. There will be other states that are in similar circumstance. He understands that. And so what we need to do is address this immediate concern. And then there are other pieces that are failing with Obamacare that we will have to tackle um, individually as well, since we are not able to repeal it all in one swoop. Right. So we got about a minute left. I just want to, you you give out a squeal you give out a squeal award on occasion. Who who yes I do who who won your last squeal award? 
Well, let's see. We've done a number of those, and just in June, we did one for um, the Department of Defense. You know, I'm a huge DOD fan, but in uh-huh. cases like this, I am not. Right. Um, they bought uniforms for the Afghan National Army, and it was very overpriced and undervetted. Uh, the uniform camouflage pattern doesn't reflect the actual ground in oh, Afghanistan. Wow. And so they're pretty much useless. I mean, they can be worn, certainly, as, as clothing items. But when it comes to actual camouflage and blending in with the environment... They stick out. They stick out. So they get my squeal award, and we've got to do better. Senators, thank you so much. You're welcome back anytime. Thank uh, we take We thank you for taking the time. Hey, this is Caffeine Thoughts Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back. You've prayed, but it didn't do much good. You still have the same problems, and God is not helping. Maybe you're not praying, but simply worrying to God. I'm Scott Owen with Crosswalk Ministries of Central Iowa, and it's time to pause for peace. God says for us to cast our anxieties upon Him, but too often we cast them like we are impatiently fishing. We toss them out for Him, but then we reel them back in to see why we hadn't caught anything. Better imagery is to cast them out as if we were feeding bread to ducks on a pond. The bread is out of our control once it hits the water, and there's no getting it back. God wants to offer you peace by taking your anxiety. Your best option is to learn to stop worrying to God and start trusting Him. To learn how to trade anxiety for peace, call Crosswalk Ministries at 515-635-5465 or online at crosswalkcounseling.org. And home stretch. Hey, we appreciate all the you of you who listen. Please don't forget to check us out on caffeinatedthoughts.com because, you know, we kind of do a blog, too. Um, not to mention we have all the podcasts of our show. So if you missed, for instance, uh, part of that, that interview with uh, Joni, Senator, U.S. Senator Joni Ernst, you can uh, check out our podcast. It'll be, it's usually up sometime on Saturday, sometimes in the morning. It just kind of depends on what I got going on on the weekend, how fast it gets up. Uh, but sometime over the weekend it'll be up so you can you can listen to that show as well as all of our shows in the past also don't forget to like us on facebook follow us on twitter be our friend we need friends yes indeed hey due to the incredible sheer volume of material we have available because the uh, leader of the free world loves twitter loves twitter (laughs) today we're once again ending the show with the top trump tweet of the week Brought to you by Myers & Associates, serving the Midwest with industrial maintenance products and services. Call them at 515-795-3676. Myers & Associates, keeping your operations running. Without further ado, the top Trump Tweet of the Week. Crowd's a bit smaller than usual. Yeah. Now we need to get that, that live audience back in here. Yeah. Well, responding to the terrorist attack that happened this week in Barcelona, Spain, uh, President Trump uh, uh, had actually several tweets, but I'm just drilling down on one. He tweeted on August 17th at 1.45 p.m. 
Study what General Pershing of the United States did to terrorists when caught. There was no more radical Islamic terror for 35 years. Um, He's talking about uh, when Pershing was in the uh, Philippines. He was basically, um, uh, as as you may remember, pre-World War II, in between World War II, the Spanish-American War and World War II, um, the United States controlled the Philippines. Uh, so General, J, uh, General John Pershing uh, basically crushed an Islamic insurgery, insurgency in the Philippines. Um, and he's accusing, um, he's basically, what he's saying is he, he committed a, 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 war, a war crime. Um, here's what he said in, in uh, South Carolina uh, while he was, uh, I'm not entirely sure when this was. He said, they were having terrorism problems, just like we do, Trump said. And, and he caught 50 terrorists who did t- tremendous damage and killed many people. And he took the 50 terrorists, and he took the 50 men, and he dipped 50 bullets in pig's blood. You heard that, right? Because uh, Muslims, you know, they can't right. eat pork. And they see as unclean animal. He took 50 bullets, and he dipped them in the pig's blood, and he had his men load his rifles, and he lined up the 50 people, and they shot 49 of those people. And the 50th person said... You go back to your people and you tell them what happened. And for 25 years, there wasn't a problem, okay? 25 years, there wasn't a problem. Now he's saying 35 years. <laughs> Maybe it'll be 45 next time. Here's the thing. First problem is uh, the story is likely false. This mm-hmm. has been debunked. There's some debate about that. Um, but actually, it, from uh, Pershing's memoir, um, he, he, you know, from what he wrote, the, it's kind of hard to believe that he would do this. Second thing is, um, this is a war crime. Uh, the United States does not perform summary executions. And, uh, you know, what, no matter how you feel about terrorism, and obviously I do not like Islamic terrorism, uh, I, I do think there needs to be swift punishment for Islamic terrorists. Mm-hmm. You can, the Army can't just line them up and shoot them, uh, at least not without a court-martial or some sort of a trial, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I understand Gitmo's not working, but this, um, pra- you know, praising this and for and basically libel General Pershing because I don't think General Pershing actually did that. Um, but then he's saying he's saying it's hey, you know, it's a it's a good thing. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. And we need to we need to reject that. Uh, we're better than that. Anyway, hey, this is Caffeine Thoughts. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week, everybody.